Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Hyland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Hello. Hey, Em. How are you? Doing well. Same. We are um, recording in kind of a new way. Do you want to tell our listeners what what's different? <laughs> Well, you know a lot more about it than I do. I know we're wearing headphones <laughs> and we have mics, so yes, we and, do. Which we've had in the past, but we've lately had a little bit of I don't know what you call it, audio issues. Audio, yeah, technicalities. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 had fallen to recording into our phones, which was fine. Yeah, it still worked. It's a way to make a podcast. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, we're we've kind of upped the game a little bit. Yeah. We got mics, and I don't know what that is in front of you. We have a P4. Yeah, we have a P4. <laughs> it's got lights. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and it's upped our, our sound quality. So hopefully this means if you're doing the dishes or you're driving or you're listening to this in a living room with kids, it's a lot easier to hear us, which is the point. Our producer is going to be happy, right? Yes. Did you guys know we have a producer? My brother-in-law. Yes. Seth Dean, the audio king. Yes. Makes it all sound good. Yeah. So, so that we don't have to. Happy. Yeah. So we can just talk. And, <laughs> exactly. Because we're not that special. That's right. Not at all. <laughs> um, we were talking about Lent, and obviously we're into Holy Week now, but um, what what Lenten lessons are you learning? <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot. Perseverance. Mm. Perseverance. I think our last podcast we talked about how it's not bad just because it's hard. It's not bad or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a been a lesson for me. Just in a you know just personally navigating some things and then um, just being in a very busy time where lots and lots of work. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and just I think becoming okay with. Not being at you know top performance. I mean, you know, right. just like the every day doesn't have to be stellar, and mm -hmm. good things can keep happening in the difficulty and in the dryness of the desert. Yeah, and I think too, um, just a deeper recognition of dependence. Um, that I was thinking earlier today that really is the nature of my relationship with. With Christ, mm -hmm. with with the Trinity, you know, it's total dependence on God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, and that isn't something that I think it sounds good. You want to be dependent, but that means I'm not going to be dependent on other things, right? I'm not going to have counterfeits, whether that's you know distractions or pleasures or sin. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was just thinking about becoming content mm -hmm. in that dependence. Jesus says we're supposed to become like children. Yeah. And they kind of need everything done for them. But they also have such intimacy with their parents. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. So, you know, because when you wake up and you're you're not feeling a hundred percent or you're feeling like twenty percent, yeah. you know, there's just that it's heavy and it can feel um defeating 
Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to, I guess, just reframe that, that, um, that that's also really can be a place of great opportunity and intimacy with God. Yeah. That's really funny. That makes me think of um, the other day we were doing math, Elisha and uh, my oldest, we were doing some third grade math and it was just really difficult for him. And while we were doing it, he was like, I don't know this stuff. And I was like, that's why we're doing the lesson is so that you can learn it. Yeah. And then it just struck me how just now when you were talking, that is my response. When I don't know how to do something, when I'm not feeling great, mm-hmm. I'm like this feeble body of mine, you know, right. and my my own immaturity. And I just, we say it all the time, trouble my own trouble by yeah. getting all flustered and frustrated that I don't know the lessons God has yet to teach me or actively is teaching me. Right. And it'll distract me from actually asking for help. Yeah. And which might help me even take more out of this season and be able to carry it to the next season. Or we could just keep learning the same lesson over and over and me, you know, just go, why, why, why don't I know how to do this? Yeah. We're so prone to shame. You know, the devil is the accuser. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, and he gets he speaks in our own voice, yeah. right? And even you know he can be so deceptive and um, even kind of spiritualize. Like I ought to know this. I ought to be beyond this. I should have overcome this. I thought I'd overcome this, right? Instead of remembering the reality that we're being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Right. So this is a lifelong <laughs> endeavor. And God isn't content to leave us mediocre. He's always going deeper. And usually he's going deeper with the same hang-up that he addressed in the past, you know, just taking that deeper and deeper. And so those places, I think, of our hang-ups, our strongholds, places we've been wounded, um, when it comes up again, you know, there can really, it can feel so futile. Yeah. And to reframe that, that, okay, God wants to do deeper healing. He wants to take this place and um, that I'm tempted to distract myself from or hide from. Yeah. And he wants to enter into it and make it a place of, of intimacy with him and a testimony. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue into what I was going to talk about um you're welcome thank you (laughs) yeah this uh lenten season the um the i had kind of a like a mini breakthrough the other night um and ethan and i were actually in the middle of of a discussion about lent and the things that i've chosen to give up and he was kind of challenging like um the it sprang from we you know during the season of Lent you there's um, prayer fasting and almsgiving and in the things that we are giving up we're told by the church that you feast on feast days and Sundays like you you celebrate the what has already happened mm-hmm. Easter has happened Christ has risen and we you know we do that every Sunday we have like a mini Easter and feast days and Ethan's tour schedule meant that he was just gone for uh, lots of Sundays. We weren't going to be able to be together or we were just going to be together late at night. And then um, one of the 
uh, feast days, he was also going to be gone. And we just hadn't seen one another. It was a really long tour. And then he was back for like two days. And then he was gone another three days. And both of us were just like tired physically mm-hmm. and emotionally. And um, and he was like, we're going we're gonna to go on a date. And he was like, because I said so. Because we're going to just have this time. And it was really good um, and needed. But then it uh, spurred this conversation about, like, why? Why do you want to give up these things? And and he wasn't saying, like, I shouldn't. Right. Um, but he was just like, you always want to make it harder on yourself. You always want to go, like, a little bit harder. Which is true of my personality, but I, I very much prayed about these specific things. Um, Mm -hmm. And for those who haven't been listening in our uh, Lenten series with this, um, uh, this past season, we have, we shared what both of us gave up. I gave up sugar, alcohol, and screens after the kids' bedtime, which basically means the evenings have become a really quiet time Mm -hmm. because I might bake or have a glass of wine or make, you know, like a fun cocktail or watch a show. And all of those things are kind of directive for the evening. They meet those mean I'm going to be doing a certain thing all evening. You probably look forward to them too. Oh, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> and my and my desire was not to take away all things that are pleasurable. Right. If I wanted to do that, I you know there are lots of other things I could have taken away. It was more to just make space mm-hmm. and to um, to kind of practice what I preach, which is that God grows good things, you know in in Lent and in quiet, mm-hmm. you know, because we'll hear his voice and he is good. And I think that I knew already in myself that there were things about um, the quiet that mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable with, you right. know, I prefer to be productive. So I got to this quiet place and kind of had this breakthrough that a lot of the reason I um, I stay busy or I fill up my evenings with, you know, these different pleasures is just so that I don't have to recognize a kind of a a place of desolation in my own heart. Mm. Um, And um, I think I, I didn't want to recognize it because I didn't want to, I was afraid that God wouldn't draw near to me in that place. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so rather than go there and say, yeah, I feel, I feel like this is like lacking in me um, and in my life. Um, yeah, I, I would just rather, you know, distract. Right. And I was having this conversation with Ethan and it was, you know, late and I was just able to say, like, this is how I feel. I feel like I've just been um, it, it basically just describing like a place of loneliness that I have felt for a long time in my relationship with the Lord, like that we're just not quite that he's not seeing me or that mm-hmm. he's not um near and and the lord did draw near and um that conversation was just it was uncomfortable and it was hard and it was vulnerable and it was sad but i told ethan i was like this is the reason like through tears right after telling him like this is what i realized about me and god and like it basically it's just a like a feeling of that i'm not being noticed Mm -hmm. and um I am saying that in case anyone else has ever felt that way, mm-hmm. you know, that you 
that God doesn't notice you mm. um, because that is such a lie. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. And in that moment, being able to say that out loud, like I feel like, you know, God doesn't notice me. It was like, of course he notices you. Yeah. But I had never said that. Yeah. Um, and immediately after, you know, I was crying and I was like, this is why I am participating in Lent because I knew there was something, you know, there was, there was something that God would give me. There were treasures that God would give me. And that if, you know, I was quiet, he would speak and he does, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. You made the space. Yeah. And, but, but just to go back to what we were talking about last week, you were talking about how we only associate discomfort with bad things. Right. And in that, you know, uncomfortable place, God was like, let me show you how much I do love you, how near I am. Let's have this hard conversation. Right. It was hard. Yeah. But, I mean, he is good, and he answers with himself. And I think what I'm afraid of is that the answer is going to be, yeah, it's all on you to figure this out. Mm -hmm. um, you feel lonely because you haven't done enough mm -hmm. or because you, you know, that hypervigilance that we're always talking about, that there's something I missed as, you know, a Christian right. that I should have learned by now. And you didn't learn it because you weren't paying attention and it's all your fault, you know, like the yeah. accuser, but that's yeah. not who God is. <laughs> yeah. It makes me remember the word and we don't use it very much, but scrup scrupulosity, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it is something that is, you know, typically associated with morality and religion. And it's just this idea that, you know, we're just like so consumed with what am I doing? What am I not doing? How do right. I do more? Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a trap. Yeah. And it's not, it's not true even of like the Christian life as it's been known for centuries and centuries and centuries. Like, this is about a sojourn with God. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's really easy to forget that he's, he's, a, he's a God of the journey. He is with us. Yes. Elohim, God with us. And, yeah, and of the journey, because so, we're so much about the, the accomplishment. The destination. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, he's conforming, God is conforming us to the image of his son. Mm -hmm. So it is a journey. We don't, we don't arrive here. Yeah. Um, but we have the comfort and the great joy of his presence with us. We're just always struggling with the now and the not yet. But yeah. I feel like we, I, I think the not yet is my fault. I feel like because I haven't been restored to like glory, somehow that is my fault. Yeah. And I walk around with that big burden on my back all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just not mine yeah. to carry. Yeah. You know, I am sinful. And that doesn't mean that I indulge my sins, you know, but God's, and that's also not me saying that is my identity. That's right. not my identity, you know, which I mean, some, you know, parts of, um, Christianity do kind of, they're almost like we are ugly, sad, bad sinners. And that's not our identity. Our right. identity is that we're children of God and that yeah. we've been restored, you know, through grace and love 
to himself. But I was telling you, um, I think before we started uh, this conversation, just about how it's so easy to think, to like feel like the restoration is supposed to be somehow a work of myself that mm -hmm. I'm going to restore. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's not, it's that we would be restored unto him, mm -hmm. back to him mm -hmm. and to be like children. Yeah. To and ask for his help. <laughs> I mean, and that's what this whole week is about. Yeah. You know, you talk, you said, we've said a couple times, hard things aren't bad, mm -hmm. you know, and the greatest thing is Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. And right. remembering that, you know, this week that in God's great love for us, knowing that we couldn't save ourselves, mm -hmm. it was impossible to save ourselves, God became man. Yeah. And, you know, I love Philippians 2. It says, you know, being equal with God, Christ didn't consider his equality something to be grasped, but he laid it aside and he became human, which just doing that, he went so far. But then it goes on to say how he, you know, he died a shameful death on the cross mm -hmm. um, to restore us to communion with God. Right. And... Yeah, so beautiful things happen <laughs> right. in the desert and in hard places, the ones we've chosen, like with Lent, but then the, the trials that come. Um, and there is a death, there's a dying, you know, and there's tears and there's that sense of, you know, sometimes wondering, God, do you see me? Mm -hmm. um, but as we wait and persevere, you know, there's the hope of resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can look at the hard things of our lives or the the difficult seasons and, you know, become an Easter people, like mm -hmm. people who are looking yeah. for Easter because we know it's coming. Mm -hmm. I just think that would completely change the way that we live life. Yeah. Every time we're in a difficult season, say, okay, like... But I'm waiting for Easter. You know? Well, and that's exactly what Jesus demonstrated. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You know, he, it didn't mean that it was, you know, he didn't go skipping, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, he sweated blood and he was honest with God, you know, um, asking, you know, to let this cup pass, but then in, in confidence and in trust, yet not my will, but thine be done. So it's it's very much a both and, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, but I, but I think the big thing is the the struggle, the sorrow, the pain. Um, it's a chapter. It doesn't get the whole narrative. Yeah. Yeah. There's hope. Amen. Amen. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> <laughs>